are challenging times. Uh, just the year before last, uh, Waleswide did a survey. Mm. About 400 leaders right across Wales, nonconformist, not outside, within nonconformity, completed it and just talking about how many lost people became found people in the previous decade uh, and then in the, in the one year, 2010. And uh, the vast majority of churches, as we already know, um, are declining. The, uh, the sociologists tell us that denominations by, by the late 20s will no longer exist in Wales because they will, their structures will be unsustainable. We're, we're seeing that, as you will know, something at, of the, at, the, at the present time. And uh, there's a, often a, a kind of hiraith, a longing for how it used to be. If, if only we can turn the clock back, or if only God would do something, and, uh, and everybody would rush in and fill the pews, and it would be just great like it used to be, like Granny used to tell me it was in the good old days. How we respond in challenging times is very important for us. And I want to read uh, Paul's second letter to Timothy, and I'm going to read from chapter 2, from verse 1. These are words written in difficult times. Uh, Paul is in prison. If, if you could imagine the heady days when you read in the Acts of the Apostles at the beginning, when things were just flying. I mean, they were planting church after church after church. Timothy grew up in a revival situation where the, the progress of the gospel was extraordinary. There, there were people being healed, there were whole communities coming to faith in Christ because they, the, the, the presence of God was just so evident. But now the, 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 the tide is ebbing, or it's out, and Paul is in prison, and he's having to write to Timothy because Timothy's just feeling unnerved, as you would understand. 2, 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serves as a soldier, gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, 
that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a, a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If, if we disown him, he will disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Keep reminding them of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It's of no value, only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who has no need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. It, it, it's those three words, surprising words really, that uh, I, I just, there's three words that's, that I want to bring in, in their context. In verse 8, remember Jesus Christ. Rather a strange thing to write to someone who's your spiritual protege. Did Paul think that Timothy might have forgotten? Why, when the man is part of an apostolic team, or has been for years, working across the churches, teaching the churches, grounding the churches, why ever would Paul write to Timothy and say, remember Jesus Christ? It just seems, in some senses, inexplicable to say that, to a church planter. And yet, when things, when in, time, in seasons of trouble, it's very easy to get everything else in the center focus and just start to forget. Wasn't it what the prophets had to say time and time and time again in the Old Testament that they forgot? They, they, they forgot. That's one of the reasons for the feasts and the festivals, to remind people constantly, this is your God, and this is what your God has done. And uh, that Paul is, is writing to Timothy, and the word has the sense of reflect on, call to mind, recollect. It's a kind of present content. You've got to keep on remembering Jesus. You've got to do it often. And uh, you know, as well as I do, in the life of the church, sometimes we can be talking about everything but him. And uh, we can get our, you know, our, our gander up on all kinds of issues. And, and if only the Lord Jesus was the center of focus, we would keep our hearts a lot better. And, and sometimes not even when the, in times when everything's going wonderful. I have the, the little phrase, whether it's in the time of bubble or trouble, that uh, sometimes we, we forget the Lord when everything is just wonderful, when, when there's so much that's exciting and that our relationship just cools. It's part of the way we are, I guess. And here Paul is writing to Timothy and saying, remember Jesus Christ. Now, my old pastor used to say that a text without a context is a pretext, you have to think about that. I didn't understand what he was on about for years, but I, I hope it'll take you less than a year. But that Jesus is saying, remember Jesus Christ in this chapter. And actually, there are three places where he makes reference to the Lord Jesus that we are to remember. The first one occurs in verse 1. first verse we read, 
And he, he's saying that we should remember his grace. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now remember this man is in prison. That, that the grace of the Lord Jesus, or look again at verse 8, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. He's talking about how the Lord Jesus, risen from the dead, conquering death, conquering sin, conquering hell, that the resurrection of Jesus was the demonstration that death could not hold him. He rose victorious. Once a year, we kind of sing those hymns, don't we? Triumphed over the grave. And there's a shorthand here for what the gospel is all about, that this Jesus, who loved sinners, came for sinners, died on their behalf, took their guilt on himself, that they might be forgiven, and made them God's children, introduced them into relationship, made them with a destiny for heaven, and has prepared a place for when we get there. The, and uh, this Jesus is alive. That's what he says. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David, well, saviour and king. It's, it's a shortened form of this wonderful grace, this grace of the Lord Jesus. And he's saying, you then, my son, be strong in the grace, in the knowledge that Jesus has risen. Of course, Paul's said it to the Corinthians, chapter 15, it's just all about it. Just the difference it makes that Jesus is alive among us and accessible. I mean, what an addition for life all that is. Uh, and, and writing again to, in 2 Corinthians, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. And uh, you, you, the, by, by way of contrast, in verse 18, if, you, if we were to read on, there were those who were saying there is no resurrection from the dead. Uh, and Paul is, is hammering, this is the gospel, that Jesus has taken away all the consequences of death in his own body and has risen and has triumphed over. And uh, th th this is the grace that he says that we should be strong in. That just this confidence that God has loved me and acted on my behalf in the Lord Jesus just to put my relationship right that, 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 that grace is where I get my strength from, that Jesus has done the job, that the benefits are enormous, that the relationship has been restored. He, he, he puts it this way, writing in 1 Timothy, the grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. That there's... Ephesians says, doesn't he, that this grace has been lavished on us. What an honoured, favoured people. What an extraordinary thing that God should love us like that. And he's saying, remember Jesus Christ. It's, it's, there's almost a command here that I need to, as Jude puts it, I need to keep myself in the love of God. That I've met so many Christians, oh, well, I'm not really good enough. Of course you're not. You never were. It's that my relationship with God doesn't depend on how good I am. 
My relationship with God depends on how good he is. It's Jesus who bore the sin. It's me that lost it. And all of its consequences. Hence, remember Jesus Christ. And he he talks about this being my gospel. Again, that's a strange phrase, isn't it? Within the one verse, there's two. In verse 8, there are two rather unusual phrases. That he should say to Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Well, gosh. And then he says, it's my gospel. It's the gospel that that was revealed to him in, in apostolic terms. It's the gospel that was given to him in terms of his charge to preach it to the Gentiles. But it was also his gospel. It was the gospel that had saved him. The, the wonder, do you remember when you first became a Christian? And uh, that you, you'd repented of your sins and the Lord Jesus, you realized that he'd done for you what you could never ever have done for yourself. Remember? I, it's many a year for me. But they, they never lose the wonder of it. And there's stuff that's written today. And they say we just need to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. It's a very healthy thing to do. I need to remind myself regularly that of this natural propensity that I have to sin. I know that you're a nice person and I'm not. And, you know, I, 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 I sin with a, an ease that you don't. That may be the case. It may not. You may be much worse than I. But I, 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 if I forget how the, 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 my tendencies, one, I will justify them, and two, I will consider myself superior to others, But I need to preach this gospel to myself every day. I need to remember that I am unworthy and I'm no better than the worst of us. In fact, worse. If you knew how I was, you would never sit there listening to me. But I'm loved by the Saviour who came from heaven to rescue me. And so are you. And when Jesus died on the cross, he took all of your guilt on himself and nailed it there, and paid for your redemption, your forgiveness, your atonement. He lavished mercy on us. Isn't that extraordinary? And I need to remind myself of that every day. That's where my security lies. Do you you ever wake up in in, in the middle of the night, and you're kind of half awake, and you're not quite sure where you are? Do you you ever do that? And do do you ever wake up, with a sense of panic. You're not quite sure what it is you haven't done, but you know you haven't done it. Does anybody else? Maybe it's just me that's neurotic. Okay, well, just sympathize with me for a moment. But there there are times when I wake up, and and I'm not quite sure where I am. I'm not quite sure what I should have done. I know I haven't done it. And uh, you kind of wake up, and then, oh, she's still there. Oh, that's that's reassuring. And then slowly, reality comes back, and you think, oh, 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 silly me, back to sleep. There's something about strengthening yourself in Christ Jesus. We just need to come back to our senses sometimes and remember the gospel and why things are okay. You You can rest, take ease. That's the first thing. Remember his grace. The second time is in verse 3. Slightly different tone here. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
Because these are difficult times. He, in verses 9 to 13, he talks about how difficult it was. I mean, the man is in, in prison, chained like a criminal. He, he talks of, of suffering. And it's not quite what they expected. Because we have this idea, don't we, you know, that, oh, it's great being a Christian. We've got to check the world. And uh, everything's going to be hunky-dory. And if, if, we just, if we just join all the dots, it's going to be easy. I, I'm, I, if you don't remember anything else from tonight, remember, it's, it was never easy. Planting churches was never easy. Taking ground and people from the devil was never easy. There's pain and trouble. There was here. There always will be. It's not a cushy number. And Paul is, as he's writing, and Timothy would be aware if he's been, he would remember the soldier that was chained to him, and he's telling Timothy, you, you've got to remember the grit, not just the grace. That, uh, that we're in a war, Timothy. And Timothy, is, is he taking his eye off the ball? Is he just being phased? Are there times, you know, how would it be if this government not only became negative to being a Christian, but actually hostile to being a Christian? And uh, if the whole end, because it's happened in country after country, of course we see it on the news. That uh, if, you, if we were in North Korea, the hardest place, the most dangerous place on earth to be a Christian, that uh, we <laughs> certainly wouldn't be meeting like this. What if Britain became like North Korea? Well, I'm sure that Timothy feels that kind of cold draft. And he's having to be reminded that he's in a war. And that there's a a literal soldier by Paul, but he's a a soldier too, Tim. That uh, we can't go AWOL. The, 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 The soldier's uniform that we wear in Christ isn't fancy dress. There's no possibility for any of us to be demobbed or to go on leave or take time out. These things are not optional for Timothy, that there's a war on. There's, there's a fight to be fought. Christianity is not just a club that I join and go along to. No, no, we wear a uniform. And he's talking about fighting the good fight, and in verse 4, of having a commanding officer who, uh, for, for Hebrews, in the midst of this war and this fight and this struggle, uh, we have to let uh, fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. So he's having to consider Jesus Christ because Jesus is the inspiration to man up in difficult times. Timothy was facing a season of great challenge and therefore there's this call to faithfulness and sacrifice and suffering and cost. Ha, that's just cheerful. I like the first point of your sermon, David, a whole lot better than I like the second one. I mean, this doesn't sound very exciting at all. Well, I, I, in some ways, it's not. And, and in, in our day, one of the strange things, 
the number of Christians that are de-churched, and there's this, the, you think about that, um, and there's this b- believing without belonging. And then the times when I hear, oh, I'm taking time out. Taking time out? Which regiment did you belong to? Or, or uh, people, you know, just saying, well, I, um, it's time I let others get do it now. I, I've, I, I've taught Sunday school for six months, and uh, now somebody else can do it for the next 20 years. And that, that whole sense of, um, of just backing off. Uh, it's, and it's Paul saying, remember Jesus Christ. He didn't back off. But when I was first a Christian, uh, I won't go into the details as to why someone should give me a book by C.T. Studd, but they, they gave me a book by a missionary to, to Africa, C.T. Studd, um, called The Chocolate Soldier. I don't know, have you ever seen The Chocolate Soldier? There's this book written for Christians who tend to melt a bit in the heat. <laughs> they, they just go a bit floppy and uh, drip away. And uh, C.T. Studd didn't think that was a good idea. I'm not sure that Paul thinks it's a, get, a, a good idea either. He's saying that there are, these are challenging times and it's times to step up. And I, I used to, with my wife, work at a mountain centre in North Wales some years ago. And I've just, I've just walked mountains. And uh, when our son Andrew was um, in his early teens, we just hit on this idea, well, let's do the Munros in Scotland. There was only 278 of them at the time. We thought that that, you know, should be well within our reach. Um, uh, which, yeah, we, yeah, we, we did the Munros. But there, there, there were moments, you, you, you're in the big glen, and, uh, you know, you've done the, the, you've done the high points. We had the high points. That was great. Five Munros in a day. Wonderful. You're at the far end of Loch Mulladoc. It's eight miles back to the car. The midges are there by the millions. And uh, there's no path. All there is for eight miles is bog. And uh, there's an overwhelming sense. One, I'd rather not be here. Whose idea with this will shoot you? And two, Dad, could you walk back, get a boat, and come and pick me up? And the answer to all of that is, shut up, head down, away. And there are times in the Christian life where it is slog. There was an elder octogenarian, and he just had this phrase, he said, praise, pray, and peg away. And there's something of that here. Remember the grit. Remember the grace of Jesus. Remember the grit. But lastly and quickly, because I've taken my time already, verse 10. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Remember Jesus Christ. Not only remember that he loves you, died for you, paid the penalty for your sin, and brought you mercy and grace. Not only remember that this isn't a picnic, he's the commanding officer, you're a trooper, and you've just got to fight the war. But just remember that, what, how do, the phrase, with eternal glory. The grace, the grit and the glory. Paul is at the end of his ministry, 
And he's had some insight into this. If you turn over to the fourth chapter of the letter and verse 8, um, that he's, he's, he's talking about how he's fought the... Now, there is... Instru- that, sorry. I have fought the fight, verse 7. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. There is now in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. Uh, and Paul knew that his number was up. He knew that Nero was awaiting and uh, he knew what he wasn't long on this earth. He had a vision of glory. We, we weren't safer here. We were safer there. We, we are to long to be with Christ, which is far better. There is going to be, according to, uh, according to Peter, a, a rich welcome, <laughs> a fanfare, a glorious entrance. And, and what we suffer here, Romans 8, is not to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed. There is waiting for us, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, an eternal weight of glory. <laughs> Remember Jesus Christ. He's not only risen, he's ascended. He's at the Father's right hand. We, we have an eternal hope. Remember Jesus Christ. And of course, at times of sickness and great trial, or when death is threatening, that uh, humanly speaking, that can be very daunting. I've been there myself. But how, what a wonderful thing. That, that on one occasion, I, that uh, the doctors were, had called Liz and to call the family because they thought I was on my way out. It's a strange feeling to think I'm probably not going to be here on Sunday. Uh, and ju- just to, wow, just to think, <laughs> I'm going to be in heaven on Sunday. And, and the, the, just the wonder of atonement. But I, I'm going to see Jesus face to face. I'm not going to church. I'm going to heaven. Ah, remember Jesus Christ. Remember where he is and who he is and the salvation that he has paid for us. Did, did your kids used to sit in the back of the car like ours and say, how much farther? Do you remember? How, how, how long? And I, I always, you know, I always kind of lie. I, Ten minutes. And of course, you know, if you're going down to Cornwall, you're going, you're going to be going 20 minutes. How long? 10 minutes. And in the end, if you just keep 10 minutes, it's a good one, grandparents. Just, you only have to say it about 50 times and then they stop asking. But the children were living with an expectation of getting there. They couldn't wait. Why are you making me sit in this car uncomfortably? I want to get on holiday. How much, how much farther? How much longer? And remember Jesus Christ. (laughs) We're going to be with him forever. We're going to see him face to face. That what we will see, if you're a Christian, is just glorious, wonderful, ah, far better. It was those circumstances that made Paul write to Timothy. 
and say, remember Jesus. Because it's all about him, you see. That Christianity is a relationship with a person. It's knowing him. It's knowing the extraordinary wonder. All this other stuff is, is just secondary. We, you can ship it down the street and, and it, 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 it adds nothing compared to just the wonder of knowing him and of his grace and his call on my life to hang on in and to press on and to serve him in expectation of a glory that is to be revealed. Timothy, bring this to mind. Remember, Timothy. Keep this central, keep Jesus central in your thinking that he, of his gospel, that Jesus Christ, risen from the dead of the, of the tribe of David, this is my gospel. Bow our heads together. Lord, we can get so cluttered with so much stuff and so many issues and so many distractions that we are almost prone to taking our eyes off you. And we pray for each other, pray for our own hearts tonight, that you, Lord Jesus, will take center stage in our hearts. That you, the one who loved me and saved me, who, who by your dying paid my debt, that I might be declared guiltless, Lord Jesus, I come to you. I recognize that to be forgiven by you is the most wonderful thing that will ever happen to me. And that you have bought me, made me yours, loved me deeply. And you've called me to serve you and to be a good soldier with a prospect of a heavenly country. A better city to be with you and to love you and to pour out praise to you forever. Lord, will you help us? Some of us have got distracted and, and, and got you, got our eyes on other things, not on you. Will you, just as we sing this closing song together, Lord Jesus, will you help me to give my heart to you freshly, focus my life upon you clearly. In Jesus' name. Amen.